Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. As they said, this is Don't Box Me In, and I am your host, Lana Reed. Today's show promises to be entertaining as my guest helped me tackle a very important issue facing society today. That issue is marriage. And let me just throw out a couple of statistics before we get started. In a report released by Bowling Green State University's National Center for Marriage and Family Research, they found that the U.S. marriage rate is 31.1, or that's 31 marriages per 1,000 unmarried women. In comparison, back in 1920, the national marriage rate was 92.3. So 1920, it was 92.3. Today, it's 31.1. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 41% of first marriages end in divorce. And various research suggests that married people are wealthier, emotionally happier, have decreased abuse of drugs and alcohol, and have better relationships with their children. Also, both men and women have higher life expectancies when married than those who are single and divorced or divorced. So the question I'm asking today is, how do we get ready to be married? For example, how do we pick the right partner to commit to? And how do we prepare ourselves as individuals to be married? And then after all of that, How do we stay married? My guests today are an amazing couple. As it states on their website, they are the dynamic duo of life management. They are authors, motivational speakers, entrepreneurs, parents, radio show hosts, and so much more. Together, the Nightstorm team empowers others to achieve their best in spite of adversity. I could go on and on about the accomplishments of this husband and wife team, but I think it's best to just bring them on and let them share with you exactly who they are. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. With that, it is with pleasure that I welcome YG and Toby Nightstorm to Don't Box Me In today. Welcome the two of you. Hey! How you doing, man? How you doing, man? I am doing well. I'm doing well. I hope the two of you are too. We're yes, doing well. That's well today. Getting ready to cook everything in the world to feed this big old family of ours. But yes, yeah. yeah, that's the day. Tomorrow is Turkey Day. Turkey Day. Now um, we're going to talk about marriage today. And when I I talk to people about relationships and marriage, one of the main tip, tips I give them is um, you should listen to people who've gone through what you're going through. A lot of times I find. Uh, uh, girls asking their single friends for advice or, you know, the fellas asking the confirmed bachelor uh, for advice with their about their girlfriends. And um, so I want to share with the audience why we should be listening to you. Uh, how long have you guys been doing this day after day? Good grief, you're still here, husband and wife thing. <laughs> Do I need to go three hard? Do I have permission to speak to my queen? You, you, you go ahead. You, you take the first round at it. <laughs> okay. See, the, the, the secret to staying married is I know when to say when. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But basically, if you are listening to people who are not married and you are getting all your advice from folks who have not done this thing day by day like we have, we've done this for 14 years. Oh, yeah. um, that's, like, that's like going... To get your car fixed at the dentist, okay, <laughs> it's not going to work. Okay, people are going to protect what they are. If this dude is single, he gonna be single, hardcore single. If she's single, she gonna be hardcore single. So, if they say, well, in order for you to stay together, you need to tell him that he need to do everything you say. Or if you want to stay together, dog, she need to do everything you say. That's why these folks still single, okay? So, <laughs> the, the well, that's, that's, one of, that's one of the reasons. It's, it's, it's a plethora of reasons, but definitely um, the question was how long we've been doing this. Just about 14 years, we 14 years in January. 
And I was sitting here shaking my head with YD when you said, oh, they're listening to their single friends, you know, male or female. Definitely the wrong place to go for advice because they are single for a reason. That is true. That is true. That's one of the main things I tell people all the time is, you know, you know, go talk to some married folks or somebody who's been, you know, in the trenches for a long time, uh, you know, get get your advice from them. And um, just a little sidebar, one of the things I host in Los Angeles is a relationship think tank. And I have a panel of couples who have been together for 20 years or more so they could tell, you know, the advice, give the proper advice because they're doing it. Why would you listen to somebody who has no clue how to wake up and this person is in your bed day after day, you know, like, goodness gracious, you are still here. I got to look at you again today. Okay, how are we going to get through this? You know, so always go to people that have, have been in it before. Definitely, definitely. That was the, one of the biggest things that we speak about in uh, the book, All Action, No Talk, when we get into relationships because the person that you're with, for all you know, they could have their eye on the person that you're with. And mm-hmm. that advice that you're getting from them could be something to set them up to slide in after you've taken their uh, advice and gone off to do whatever you want to do. And they just thought that, oh, let me comfort you. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is mm-hmm. awful that he or she did that to you. I don't know why they would do that to such a person as you. And you're so great, this, this, and that. And it's been a setup the whole time. Just yeah. waiting, you know, and, you know, I guess with so many women in competition for men these days, um, you know, the game gets a little trickier these days. And you might have a girlfriend, like you said, who's pretending to comfort you, pretending to give you advice. But, you know, she's kind of got her eye on a sidebar prize as well, which might be your man. Exactly. Exactly. And I definitely I speak on that from experienced ladies. <laughs> All the ladies out there, let me tell you something. Don't advertise what you're not selling. Mm, okay? That's right. You know, uh, Do not I think my mother. Don't get into it. Don't get into my... it with your girlfriends about how he, how good he does this or how good he does that, especially if she ain't got nobody doing it good <laughs> to her like that. Because that state start looking and smelling mighty good over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's one thing my mother used to always tell me. Don't, don't ever tell your girlfriends how good you got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys have been at this for 14 years. Uh, share with us, how exactly did the two of you guys meet? Go ahead, White. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm so happy you asked that question. See, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> okay, all right, for your listeners, see, what had happened was, <laughs> was, Toby was hanging with her friend, and her friend had a, was on a date. She was the third wheel. Now, this mm-hmm. friend, the, the guy that she was dating was a friend of mine. So he calls me and say, yo, I got this chick. She with me and my girl. I'm going to drop off. We're going to drop off at your house, and you go on the babysitter. I'm like, ah. okay, cool. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, baby. That's how the conversation went. Okay, but we can <laughs> keep it moving. Now, anyway, she came on through, and I met her. I didn't pay her no attention at first. She was beautiful. But at the time, I had 30 girlfriends. Okay. You had 30 girlfriends. 30. Yes, 30 girlfriends. <laughs> they weren't girlfriends. <laughs> they were all the time lovers on rotation. No, he said, he said he had 30 girlfriends. Okay. That's what they <laughs> okay. thought they were. Okay. Okay, well, keep, going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, well, keep them getting jacked up by my wife. I would say these are 30 folks that I was having relations with. Okay. Mm-hmm. They weren't girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, to progress. I met her, and she laughed at all of my jokes. I was silly. And i tell you, when I was looking, and the reason I had so many is I was looking for that special woman because I had just previously came out of a very, very bitter marriage where I was hurt. So I did okay. what a lot of guys do. I went out here chasing a whole bunch of tail, hoping that it'd make me feel better, but I was actually feeling worse. But mm-hmm. anyway, to get past all of that nonsense, I was with Toby. It was a one-night stand that has lasted 14 years, and by the time she got through with me, I just broke up with all three of them chicks. I'm like, <laughs> just got on the phone, start dialing, huh? We're done, we're done. It's over, it's over, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let me let me, let me me ask you this, because you mentioned that um, you, were, you were married before and you got divorced, and, and I haven't asked Toby that yet, but when you guys met, when you she got dropped off for you to babysit, 
Did you have any clue what type of man or woman you were looking for? Were you out there just winging it and you guys just happened to meet each other? Or, I mean, did you know what you wanted? Well, I did know what I wanted, okay? And uh, actually, you know, and I'm just going to be full transparency. I had prayed to God. And I mm-hmm. said, God, all I want is one woman. All mm-hmm. I want is somebody to love me because I had a very, very abusive childhood coming up, and I did not experience the love. I didn't get that kind of nurturing from my childhood, so I was looking for that. I didn't get it from my first wife, so I said, God, I just need one woman. And out of all these 30 women, I I still can't find what I need. But when she came, it wasn't an immediate thing, but it's like you know when you know. You get Mm -hmm. that feeling inside where, like, you know, I might need to research this person a little bit more. Maybe this person is not like everybody else. And it turns out that she was looking for the exact same thing. She was looking for safety. She was looking Mm -hmm. for something, a strong foundation. We were both seeking out each other, and we were blessed enough to find each other. And that's why I ain't have a problem with dropping 30 chicks. I mean, that's just (laughs) point blank. Well, the the thing also is, I, too, was in a marriage that was coming to an end, and I have a very strong personality, and Mm -hmm. I needed someone with a very strong personality to be able to say, okay, look, we're we're not doing this right here. You're not going to just have total control, because one thing with female, a lot of times we want the man to take the lead. I mean, you have those type of personalities of females that enjoy being the dominating person in a relationship, but for the most part... We want our man to be a man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stand up mm-hmm. and do what you need to do and have that personality where you could take charge. And at the particular time in my previous marriage, I wasn't experiencing that. I had come to the point where I had to be the one to take that leading role. And when I met YG, it was a total different change of pace. And another thing that had him drop near the 30 girlfriends that he has, as he said, well, I called him on his bull the first night I met him. You know, yeah, I his joke. And I was like, let me tell you something right now. I already know you full of crap. It's funny. So we're going to see how far this goes. And, you know, he had a nice little collection of ladies' underwear that he wanted me to add to the pile. Like, we were at Get out of here. Another notch on the belt, right? Look, look, he had a nice sand drawer. Feel like you went to the Kmart Blue Light Special, how they throw out the underwear. Get out of here. And he was like, oh, you can add yours. And now I was like, oh, no, no. sir. <laughs> <laughs> it was not going to happen. No, <laughs> And he then got the eyebrow raised out of it right then. He was like, oh, I'm going to call you back tomorrow. And I'm like, well, you don't have to call me back. Well, whatever. Because when he met me, my voicemail, this is how another thing that got him with me. My voicemail was, well, obviously, you're special enough to have the privilege to have my number. So why don't you leave me a message and I'll get back <laughs> at you. So I, like I came in on my own on my own horse. Yeah. And I wasn't taking anything off of him from the get go and I don't know who he was dealing with before but I was not about to fall in line. So Uh huh. So Y G got handled. He was usually handling and he got handled this time. Uh-huh. And I just mind it all being handled. <laughs> okay, you two. Well, it's, this is a good time to go ahead and take that first break. Y'all hang in. We'll be right back right after commercial. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I am tickled to be speaking with husband and wife, YG and Toby Nightstorm today. And uh, before the break, we were talking about how they met. Now, Toby, he said he knew when he first met you and you laughed at all of his jokes. He knew he was going to get rid of his 30 women. But was it instantaneous for you as well or did he have to grow on you? I loved his personality instantaneously. Mm-hmm. But he was he was 
into the, I didn't even know about the Dirty Girlfriends. I had this <laughs> suspicion. I'm going to be honest. I, I knew something was going on because when I came over to his house, he was like, if my phone rings, I, get, I need to run up to the door, but if my phone rings, don't answer my phone. Mm. Just go to voicemail. And if, you know, I was coming over, he was like, well, you need to call me before you come because I need to get my house straight, you know. Um. And I was like, uh, okay, red flag here, red flag uh-huh. here. So I really had to fill him out to find out what I was dealing with. But it didn't take me long at all to, you know, fall in. I'm just, I'm more suspicious. I didn't know what was going on, and I needed to know what I was dealing with faster okay. than he did. But okay. it didn't take long. I was right there with them. Okay. Now, you know, one of the things that I, I say that, um, you know, men and women don't, um, or men don't court women anymore. So was there, did he, how did he pursue you, I guess I should say? He called back the next day, which was a surprise <laughs> to me. Because, like, as he said, it was a one-night stand. So, come on, let's be real, ladies. He's got what he was after. Why is he mm-hmm. calling? But he called back the next day. And he continued to call, and we had conversations, and we would talk sometimes all night to the next morning. So, and we went out on dates, on movies. I met, he had children with his previous uh, wife. I had children with my previous husband. We got to the point where we were able to introduce the children to each other, which came a little later on. But everything started to click. Everything fell into line. Our children are exactly two years apart. It was like a puzzle piece that was missing, and everything... We had three from previous marriage, and we had one together. So we're like the Brady Bunch, uh, so to speak, yours, mine, and ours. But everything just fell into line. But as far as the courting goes, oh, he did the cookie breakfast and um, take you out and all that stuff that you you see it on television. Oh my goodness, yes, he did it. Yeah, good deal. Now you both say that you were married before, and. Uh, you guys sound, act, everything, extremely happy now. What were the lessons that you learned from your previous marriage that you've corrected now so that you guys can have a successful relationship now? Well, I will say the big thing is is compromise, okay? okay. Um, like in my first marriage, I was young, and she was young as well. She was just a little bit older than me, and uh, we had our first child when I was 20 years old. And mm-hmm. when you And you need to know who you're marrying. You need to know the background of who you're marrying and what has happened to them previous in their life, even from the childhood, because it will creep up into your marriage like it did with us. Now, like I said, I had a very, very bad childhood, a very abusive childhood coming up, and I was very, very needy. She was Mm -hmm. a preacher's kid, okay? So she was smothered all the time, and she was ready to go. I mean, she just (laughs) wanted some freedom, okay? So you got a, a, a kid that had no nurturing, with a, a kid who had a little too much nurturing. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, okay. They got, and they got together, and we didn't know about each other's background, and we absolutely did not know how to compromise. It was all either my way or her way, and with youthful ignorance, we thought, well, you know something, I could just go out and get me somebody else. Well, you go get you somebody else because I already got me somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Here goes the problem, okay? So it was too much pride, too much ego, and absolutely no compromise. We thought relationships run because I say so. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of folks, young and old, in relationships, and the reason why they fail is because they want to be in power all the time. And when you got somebody that's in power all the time, that's called a dictator. And mm-hmm. a dictator does not know how to compromise. The only thing a dictator knows how to do is tell people what to do and conquer. And conquering is not good in marriage. True. It's all about compromise. All about compromise. It's not easy to wake up and look at the same person day after day and uh, always have your way. You know, somebody. You got to give and take. You got to give and take. Mm-hmm. And Toby, well, so what? Easy, you know, it's easy for me to look at her every day because she's so pretty. <laughs> I see why you keep him, Toby. I see why you keep him. Well, you know what? It goes both ways because it's like, have you seen my husband? I'm cool. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. And, you know, while we're talking about the way your husband looks and um, I guess, you know, his muscles and everything, I'm going to ask this question here because I did peep out the website. Uh, Your name, Night Storm, 
How did you mm-hmm. two, or how did how did how did he get that name? Mm-hmm. Oh, how did she get the name? Yeah. No, I think that's your name, right? Yeah, yes, that's his is. name. <laughs> okay. How did the Night Storm name come about? See, what had happened was. <laughs> okay, this, this, this happened when I was, it all started when I was 16 years old and I needed some money. Okay, mm-hmm. I was a, a junior in high school and I was about to be promoted to the 12th grade and they all said, you need money for 12th grade dudes, senior dudes, and class ring. Well, I ain't had no money. I ain't had no job. So when my mother was asleep, I would sneak out and go to nightclubs. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. And I, at one time, I saw this dude. He was dancing on the stage, and he had a whole bunch of women around him throwing money at him. And mm-hmm. I said, "How you know? How do you make so much money?" He said, "Do you know how you know to shake your butt?" And I said, <laughs> "Yeah, I know how to shake my butt. I know how to dance." <laughs> he said, "Well, you come back here tomorrow night." And he asked me how old I was first. I lied. I told him I was nineteen. But I was sixteen. He said, "You come back here, and I'm gonna show you how to do this." So I showed up. He gave me a cape, a mask. And I jumped on stage, and I started dancing. And I started mm-hmm. dropping it like it's hot. And everybody kept asking me, what's your name? And I said, I don't have a name. I don't know what my name is. And from the darkest corner, kid you not, from the darkest corner, a woman in her 40s, she yelled out, Nightstorm. His name is Nightstorm because he's dark as night, and he can mm-hmm. shake his moneymaker. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so that's how I got the name Night Storm because I was dark as night and I could dance up a storm and I could shake my money maker and I was able to get my class ring. I was able to buy me a car and my mom had absolutely no clue that I was a stripper in high school. So, oh, MG. Oh, yeah, he did. had to tell that story as only he could. Uh, so did this career pay your bills for a while? Well, actually, it helped get some 30 girlfriends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was oh, jumping God. out of birthday cakes and everything. <laughs> OMG. Mm-mm. You have a character on your hands, Toby. You have a character Look, on your hands. <laughs> from night one. <laughs> elaborate story about Santa Claus and all this other stuff. And that's why I just looked at him and shook my head and said, you full of crap. I didn't use crap. I told him straight up. So before you guys got married, did you date long or did you get married quick or? Well, Go ahead, baby. we dated for a while because yeah. I met him in 2000 and we, about three years, yeah, 2003. So we dated for a while, but the baby came rather quickly. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, because we know he was, you know, getting busy. You said the first night yeah. stand, so y'all was at it from the beginning. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, put it like this: I met him in January, and I was pregnant by April, and had the baby in December, all in two thousand. Get out of here! Yeah. So that makes y'all a family of what now? It's it's seven. Well, we have six surviving because unfortunately okay. we lost our oldest son in the um, tragic accident at his job in two thousand eight, um, but. So we have six surviving children, but we have a wonderful son-in-law also. So we say we have seven again. Okay, okay. My condolences on the loss, but congratulations on the large family. Now, you know, I'm assuming, uh, you know, you guys are you're newlyweds and you got the new baby, and you guys are still. I mean, how do you do all of that at the same time? Parent seven kids and start your new life together. Isn't that complex? Hmm. Oh, my goodness, because you have so much to juggle. Not only, the, I think the beginning, I think the first three years was the most extreme part because you still had, even though we were divorcing or we had divorced, you still had to deal with the ex-spouses and mm-hmm. you had to deal with the children and they're adjusting to the new family and, you know, now have a stepmom and a stepdad as opposed to mom and dad and, you know, old things that was coming up with him and his ex-wife as far as emotional from her. And, you know, because females, we are more emotional than guys are. Whereas a mm-hmm. dude, he's like, oh, well, you gone, bye. I'm going to the mm-hmm. next thing. <laughs> females don't necessarily let it go so easily. And that took a while to work through. So it was a challenge in the beginning, just bringing all these personalities together. But 
it came together. I say we were going smooth by good year four, year five. Mm-hmm. Year four, year five. So we had some some bumps and bruises the first, some adjustment, let me say, period, the first three years. What do you think allowed you guys to survive that? I mean, what kept you going? Well, it was. He is hard headed. And he is hard headed. And ain't nobody going to prove that he can't do something he's going to do. He's a very willful Capricorn. Mm-hmm. No, bullheaded person. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way, because let yeah. me tell you, everybody told me that this is not going to work. You know, oh, you really? got this, you got, you got her, and she got these children, and you got these kids, and y'all done had a baby together, and she's, you know, she's strong-headed, just like you, and mm-hmm. two alphas are not going to get this done. And we had our share. Of problems, I mean, some serious bumps in the road where we had to really work our personalities out and say, look, um, all this clashing and fighting that we're doing, we say mm-hmm. that we want to have better for our children because, like, you know, with my background, Toby did not come up in the greatest of upbringings either. And mm-hmm. we both were missing what we needed as children from our parents. We needed our parents to have the courage to stop their drama and be parents and take care of us. But mm-hmm. we didn't get that. So we both said, look here, and I said it first. I took the lead. I said, baby, I love you. All this drama is destroying us. It's destroying our children. Our children are unhappy. Our house is unhappy. Our lives are a wreck. We are going to do what our parents could not do, and we're going to make this thing work, damn it, and Mm -hmm. we're going to start doing it right now. And I'm going to take the lead. I'm going to fix my crap. You fix your crap, and let's be good for these children and for us. Let's be what we need for each other right now. Enough talk. Yeah, Enough drama. Right now. Yeah, because Stop. the first time we were married, Lana, we were married and divorced within six months of the first marriage. This is actually our second marriage. Um, we were married in like September and we were divorced by April of the following year when we uh, got married the first time in 2003. But uh, we came back together in 2008 because we both needed time to look at ourselves, do some self-evaluation, and see why are we here, what are we doing within ourselves. That's a lot of things that is, I'm sorry, the one main thing that a person has to do. Because if you're divorced or you're single, it's not just the other person's fault. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's some kind of blame that always happens. Either you're contributing to it or you're allowing yourself to be victimized by some type of um, negativism that continues to do what it's doing until you find out what is going wrong here and stop it. That cycle. It's something about life. When you don't learn a lesson, it'll bring that lesson right back around to you for you to have at it again and see if you can fix it this time. So, and we actually have about five picture frames on our bedroom walls. We can, we got together a list, I kid you not, of things we did to piss each other off. And mm. it's called, Don't Piss Me Off. <laughs> and <laughs> we sat down, we put pen to paper. Well, actually, I put pen to paper. And I was like, you know what, if we're going to do this, I'm going to follow your lead. And we're going to stop what we're doing. But what are we doing that's pissing each other off, that's causing us to get to this point? Because for a minute there, we were, we fought. Seriously, mm-hmm. cursing out, we were fighting. So, what was I doing to, you know, trigger him? What was he doing to trigger me? And we just went down the list. And once we figured out what it was we were doing to each other, we framed it. We ran it off and we put it in frames and we put it on the wall. And we're like, okay, you're doing this right now. We need to stop. This is something yeah. that we always do. We need to stop doing this and that. And isn't that rule number 10 that we're not going to do this or do that? So it took us having to sit down and say, we're going to work together for all of this to stop and for us to realize that because of our selfishness, because of, because I was the only child. His first mm-hmm. wife was the preacher's child, but I was the only child and the only girl. Come on now. I got <laughs> what I wanted, when I wanted, as quickly as I said I wanted it. And then with my first husband, he was more, you know, passive 
he was really on that happy wife, happy life at, at his own demise, you know what I'm saying? So when I got to YG and there were boundaries set, mm-hmm. and I wasn't used to boundaries because mm-hmm. coming from my home as, as the only child, and then going into my first marriage, I was married the first time at 18. So, and he wanted to do whatever he could to please me too, but I was given no structure, no boundaries either way. So, that's why when I got with YG, and we we bumped heads a lot because I wasn't used to hearing no. The first time she said no to me, it was like, ah! <laughs> "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> exactly. Toby, well, hold hold that thought for me. I gotta take a break real quick, but we're gonna finish this when we come back. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. I'm with the Night Storms today. And before the break, Toby was telling us about um, one of the tools that they use in their marriage, their don't piss me off list. And uh, before we get back into that, I just want to say, you know, I can't, I completely understand uh, where Toby's coming from because I, too, am an only child. I am a girl. Uh, you know, we, you know, I understand that wanting to get your way but at the same time like you said previously in the show you want to have a man that is going to take the lead and take the charge so i know myself being an alpha male you have to find that happy balance but that comes with personal growth within myself um and i guess maybe toby you had to go through that too like i'm not used to being told no but at the same time i don't want a punk sitting by me every day so you kind of have to find that balance and i guess yg gave that to you Yes, he he definitely did. He is definitely not, as he refers to him, uh, he says in his book, All Action, No Talk, a cupcake daddy. He's not a <laughs> cupcake. He's not a pushover. He, he will accommodate me to a point, and then he go, all right, no, that's enough, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, so tell me, what what are some of the things you guys have on your don't piss me off list? Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Well, Go ahead, okay. YG. I've been doing a lot well, of talking. Go ahead. Okay, one thing is, it's about affirmation, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the issues that Toby and I had is that since she was a, 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 a only child that she was used to getting her way, she did not know how to give positive affirmation to me as a man, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Um and men need this from our women. We like to feel important. We like to feel like we're helping. We like to feel that we're saving. But we also like to feel like we're the king. And mm-hmm. we don't mind, you know, treating you like the queen because I call my wife the queen all the time. I make sure she's elevated everywhere I go and make sure she's respected everywhere she goes. But mm-hmm. we as men need that, that affirmation also. And unfortunately, some women just don't don't get that yet. And that's mm-hmm. why... Men, you know, start straight because they don't feel like the man or the wife or the girlfriend might be giving affirmations to other dudes, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm. So we don't we don't like that. It's like this dude on the screen or this R&B singer or this dude you met over here, he ain't helping you pay your bills. He ain't mm-hmm. helping you raise your kids. He ain't helping you when you absolutely need and when you're sick in the bathroom and you're throwing up. He's not the one moving your, moving your hair out the way so it don't get messed up. <laughs> That's me, baby. So it's mm-hmm. like, you need to be affirming me. And that's one thing that was so critical that Toby needed to learn is about this affirming I'm the king, making sure she ain't trying to uplift somebody else because why work for somebody and somebody else get your check? That's, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, if I'm going to put the work in, then I need to be getting the benefits. You know, dude on the television screen or whoever else out here in this world, they don't need to be getting what I'm putting out this overtime in for. That's mine. <laughs> That's I, I totally that. had to learn, you know, validation and how to validate. So, and, it, and in the beginning, that was awkward to me. That was okay. a, It felt funny to say, well, you know, you're so good at this. this, in this I don't know of my own narcissism. Don't you already know you're good? Why you need to hear from me? You already know what you're exactly. doing. <laughs> exactly. And another thing that was on there, and this is something because, you know, we both had to work on, but don't bring up and re-argue issues that we've already discussed and settled. 
and mm-hmm. we, you told me that you don't like me doing this, or I told you I don't like you doing it, and we've come to an understanding on it. Why are we bringing it back up and arguing about it again? Why, why, mm-hmm. why are we hearing this again? So that was something that we had to. But like I said, the list is 30 points long, So, but those are two big issues that we were dealing with. Okay, okay. And you guys have um, three steps to stay married? What are those steps? Okay. Uh, go ahead. Tell us step one, sweetheart. Go ahead. Okay. I thought you wanted to get in on this. I was just sit back. Well, step one is that you have to learn to truly apologize. When you say something, it's like when we talk to our children and they've gotten into an argument about something and we're like, tell your brother that you're sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you know, you can't give mm-hmm, that type of apology. Mm-hmm. The person has got to feel like you truly understand what you did to offend them or to hurt them and that you want them to know that you are there for them and this hurt you as much as it hurts them or at least you can empathize enough for them to feel like you truly mean what you say. So if you say that you're sorry and another thing you can't put in but because that's not a real apology. Uh, sure. I'm sorry that, you know, you felt that way, but I was doing this. No, mm-hmm. you can't say but in there. It's another argument waiting to happen. Because yeah. if you were truly sorry, where's the but? Why is there yeah. a but in here? So. It negates the apology when you say but. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And you also need to learn to truly forgive and mean it. And that's another thing going into our, you know, number two, the don't piss me off list about re-arguing. If you've forgiven that person and you've truly forgiven them, it's, you don't even think about it anymore. It doesn't come up in your mind. And when you're dealing with deep hurts from both sides, it can be a, a grueling experience, so you need to seek professional help if you need to. But understand that you're not going to move forward if you don't truly forgive what that person did to hurt you or if you decide that this is where you want to be, you've made this decision, I'm going to be with this person, you've really got to take a look at truly forgiving the person. And it doesn't even mm-hmm. you have to wipe it clean. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, you, you just yeah. mentioned something. You make a decision to be with a person. Um, how do you feel people make the wrong decisions? I mean, how do we, because you have to know that so we can make the right decisions. Um you know, I, I say people treat marriages like drive-through relationships now. Oh, this feels good now. I'll do this. Oh, it's not working out for me. Let me try the next one. Um, how do you how do you make the right decision to pick the right person? Well, that comes into knowing yourself. Okay, mm-hmm. if you don't know who you are, there's no way in the world you're going to be able to find a life partner, and there's no way in the world you're going to be able to find a soulmate because you don't even know your own soul yet. Okay, you're walking mm-hmm. around in confusion. And you're listening to all these folks saying, well, yeah, you can just have this dude, this dude, this dude, that dude, like reality shows. Or I can just have this chick, this chick, this chick. And that is not what it is, okay? If you really want somebody that's going to stick around, you have to show that you're willing to stick around also. The kind of characteristics that you need in your soulmate, you have to first be that way for yourself first, okay? Mm -hmm. Because like attracts like. Okay, and that's why I knew, even though I didn't know everything about Toby, it's just we had similar spirits, and we were looking. And I said, I absolutely need this particular thing in my life. I'm tired of going around with these chicks. I need something stable. I had to make a decision as a man and say, look, I want to be a better man. I want to be a better father, and I want to be a husband. I want to be a better Mm -hmm. husband. And in order for me to do that, I got to have a wife a woman that's willing to do the same thing. So it's about you need to find those characteristics about yourself first. Stop listening to everybody who don't know nothing about nothing, okay, who just go on with the, with the flow and say, well, I heard my friends say this, and I read in some <laughs> book by some dude who ain't never been married or some chick who ain't never been married on how to stay married. These folks don't know nothing, okay? Mm-hmm. Go to somebody that's older, that's been married, that's gone through the trenches, that... Don't fake the phone and say, yeah, we have a happy marriage every single day. Be lying. Mm-hmm. Talk to people who say, 
Man, my wife get on my nerves sometimes, but you know how I never <laughs> trade that chick in for nothing else. There you go. Okay. There you go. And, and you know, and one last thing on that third rule of staying married, and this is very, very important. You have to make love to your marriage. And let me explain what that means. Making love to your marriage is like making love to your spouse the very first time you got with them. You were attentive, you were passionate, and you didn't want it to end. That's mm-hmm. how you keep refreshing your marriage because your marriage ain't going to be great every single day. Your marriage going to get on your nerves sometimes. But when you make love to your marriage like you did to your spouse the very first time, it reactivates that passion. It reactivates that energy. And it reminds you both of why you want to stay here for 100 years. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Well, we're going to take the last break of the day. When we come back, we're going to talk to some other stuff that you guys are into. So hang in with me. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello. I'm with the Night Storms today. Very entertaining, interesting uh, husband and wife team who's sharing with us some tools and tips to get married and stay married. Now, um, I guess I have a two-part question here. You've got a book out, All Action, No Talk, and I was just wanting you also talk about this other topic, Space Invaders. Is that something that you talk about in the book or is that separate? Oh, yeah. We talk about the... Uh Space Invaders a lot. And if you want to know what Space Invaders are to your relationship, it's these folks that just drop in like aliens, invasion of the body snatchers. They done took Mm -hmm. your significant other, and they done did some things unfortunate with your significant other, and then they throw it in your face. And Mm -hmm. cause a whole lot of drama, and these types of invaders can destroy your world, your relationship, and your family. And we really talk about some things in the book, and we really get really, really deep on the show about these folks, these space invaders. And you can just shoot them out the air, keep them out your house, keep them out. So we're talking uh, girlfriends, in-laws, stuff like that. Oh, these space invaders can be anybody. That's what makes them so dangerous. Space invaders can be your very best friend that's putting a whole lot of toxic nonsense in your ear, saying, "You know, girl." I know he say he love you, but, you know, a real man ain't going to do this. Or if I mm. were you, girl, I'd do this. Or it could be that dude at the coffee shop that's been sweating you so much and he been trying to get him some and your husband and got on your nerves and now you're tempted. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that chick at the bus stop that's just looking at you in your car and she want to just hop in your car because you got a nice car and your wife then got on your nerves and you ready to take her to the hotel room. Okay? <laughs> These are space invaders. Gotcha, gotcha. No good in your relationship. It starts off fine, then the next thing you know, your life is in a world of hurt. Gotcha. So, so, um, expand a little bit more on all action, no talk. We've thrown that out a couple of times throughout the show, but I kind of want to go in more detail. Now, that's a book you've written. Why, why that title? Well, basically, a whole lot of folk been doing a whole lot of talking and not saying much of anything. And like mm-hmm. I alluded to earlier, you got people who are so-called marriage experts, relationship experts, and people have been just besieged by nonsense information, and you're making a whole bunch of people rich, and you're still not getting no help. So it's like, mm-hmm. shut up, and let's get to work. It's time mm-hmm. for action. If you want your relationships to work out, then fix it. If you mm-hmm. want your relation, if you want your marriages to stay right, then fix it. If you want to find that soulmate, then fix your life, and let's get mm-hmm. to work. It's all about the action, because too many people do too much talking and ain't a whole lot of nothing getting done. And also in the book, it, it, it's not just a relationship book. We talk a lot about relationships and why the good man and good woman gets cheated on, also about your marriage and career. But we also get into absentee fathers and the home not having any structure and child abuse and domestic violence, the teen suicide epidemic, depression, and keeping your mental health healthy, and everything else. It's really more of a broad-based. It deals with relationships, but it gets into a lot of stuff that we've gone through. The biggest thing that we deal with 
with our people that we uh, have seminars and who we talk to is the fact that people don't want to be transparent. They don't want to air their dirty laundry. They don't want you to know what's going on in their homes or uh, in their own closets. But we have to get into those areas in order to really fix the problem. And a lot of the things that people um, hear on our show, our show is also on Blog Talk Radio, we talk about the stuff that people don't want to talk about with the domestic violence and the child abuse and the divorce and fatherless homes and homelessness. And what people consider taboo is where we go because there's okay. no way you're going to fix a problem is to go where the problem is. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, you, you just mentioned your show. Now, what's the name of the radio show? It is Night Storms All Action New Talk. And okay. that airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. And it's on Blog Talk Radio. And Good deal. we get into all the different issues, life crisis events, relationship challenges, stress management, everything that happens in everyday life. Our slogan is, radio has gone real because we are you. Mm-hmm. Everything that we talk about is something that we've gone through or something that we're interested in. If it's of interest to us, then it's probably interest to the rest of the world. So. Gotcha, gotcha. I like that. I like that. Now, you guys also present another interesting, unique um, model because as husband and wife, you're in business together. You mean, so it used to always be my joke, like, I don't think I could go to work with somebody and then come home and and sleep with them. I need some separation time. So is it is it hard as a husband and wife to kind of be constantly meshed together in all aspects of life? I'll you know, let you answer that first, baby. <laughs> okay. This is like, oh, I got an idea. No. Um, it, at this point in our relationship, we're so deep in. Like we said, we're, we're close to 14-year mark now. We've mm-hmm. learned the, the tricks of the trade and the challenges and how to step off of each other's hot zone, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of times when people are saying, I don't want to work with my spouse, it's because we haven't discovered how to stay off each other's nerves yet. <laughs> so <laughs> we want to, the, the best way to do that is to not be around them. But we have fun working together. We actually, we mm-hmm. have a very creative process. I love how his mind works. I love the way he thinks that he definitely thinks outside of the box. And the way I feel on certain things coming from a woman's aspect he gives that male spin to it, and it's like, wow, okay, I didn't think of it like that. But mm-hmm. don't get us wrong. We are still a married couple. We have our times where we'll have our little snips at each other, and it could be, you know, showtime in about 10 minutes, and mm-hmm. we're quipping at each other. But when that intro comes on, it's, hi, welcome to the show. Thank <laughs> you for joining us. Oh my goodness! We hope you have a great week. We're here to help you, you know. And for that time period, it's about business. But when it's off, I can very well go. He go, mm-hmm. yeah, good night. Whatever. Okay, wait till the show over. Gotta, okay. Hold on, but you got to tell fun. both sides of this thing. Hold on now, sweetheart. Let me get mine in if you don't mind. Now let me tell y'all why I enjoy working with my queen because as a man, and this just. Strictly for the male aspect, when you find somebody who shows so much appreciation to you because mm-hmm. you both have gone through hell and back, she is my partner. She don't belong behind me. She don't belong over there. She belongs beside me, okay? And who better do I want to work with than somebody that has 100% of my best intentions in mind, okay? Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, we get on each other's nerves sometimes, but the fact that this woman loves me and she will die for me, like I will mm-hmm. literally die for her, I mean literally, and mm-hmm. we love each other that much, that is somebody that you need by your side when you're in entrepreneurship, when you go into business, because it's so hectic. There's so many enemies out there that want to do you harm. You need to know that you can count on your partner that's going to be there through thick and thin. And my queen has stood for me. We raise children together. We go through hard times together, and we rise together. And she ain't left me when I was broke, and she don't leave me when I got money. That's the type of person that you need in your in your corner 
that's fighting with you, not watching you die on the field. So that's what helps me to be encouraged every morning when we get up, when we do our shows. This is my partner. This mm-hmm. is my role, dog. This is a person that I can conquer the world with, and I ain't got to worry about her taking my throne from me because she's sitting right here next to me. So that's what helps us just as a man. So now y'all know why I love her so much. <laughs> amazing. Oh, amazing. Now, I'm going to ask you, before we get out of here, uh, real quick, um, I'm going to ask each of you, if you take a, time, a moment to reflect, these 14 years you guys have had with each other, um, what is the most endearing quality that the other has about each other that you appreciate in each other? If you had to just sum it up real quick. So, Toby, I ask you first, what is it about YG? Well, I want to say first, brother. If, you, if you've noticed, he always calls me his queen. But mm-hmm. my response to him is, I can't be a queen without a king. See, mm-hmm. You can't have a queendom without this king standing next to you. And I love that quality about him because he is the man. He's the protector. He's the provider. He professes his love. Everything that a man should do and be for his woman and supportive. He never tries to hold me back from anything. If I say, hey, I want to try this, try that. Baby, come on, let's try it, dear. So mm-hmm. uh, the support system is there. And that's a very enduring quality. And like I said, he would die for me, the children, whatever it takes. And he's very empathetic. He hears yeah. what other people need, and he's right there to help other people. He's not selfish. And it's all about him. So Good deal. What YG? What you got? <laughs> okay. YG, what you got? You better make it good. Make up for them 30 uh, ladies. Well, I'll tell you this. This is the secret right here. If a woman can love a man when he's at his lowest, when he don't look his best, when he is suffering inside and he is crying because of things that have happened to him, his life is maybe it's been a disappointment and he is hurting and he feels comfortable and safe enough to express those emotions in front of his woman, then that's a keeper. And I have Mm -hmm. cried. She has seen me suffer. She has seen me be disappointed. She has seen me screw up. She has loved me through my screw-ups. She has loved me through me being an idiot. And she has stood by me, regardless of what was going on in this world and who was telling her to leave me alone. She has Hmm. stood and has shown herself. And that is why I lift her up. And I tell men, if you are looking for a woman, the woman that will stand for you, the woman that will cry with you, and the woman that will empower you. That's the woman you need to be with, not the chick in the short skirt that just wants you for your car. So (laughs) that's why, that's the quality of Toby. She is regal, a queen, and she is my angel at times. So there you go. All righty. YG and Toby, thank you so much. I am at the end of the show. Everybody, please, please visit their website, nightstorm.com. That is N-Y-G-H-T-S-T-O-R-M.com. Pick up their book. Check their radio show out to keep up with everything they're doing. You too. I have had a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for making time for me today. Oh, thank you for having us on the show. All righty, that's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time.